How's everybody doing today? Good, good. You guys all look good today. I don't know what it is, like moisturizer maybe you guys are all using or something, but keep it up. Um, we are starting a new series today, and as I said, guys, we are not going to leave the prayer series for a long, long time, maybe five years, I don't know, maybe a year. So we're starting a new prayer series, and this one is called Audacious Prayers. Audacious prayers. Does anybody have any idea what they think an audacious prayer is? Bold prayer? That's good. What? The audacity. You had the audacity to pray that, Tom? Get out of here. But, so what we're going to be doing is studying audacious prayers that we see in the Bible and encouraging you guys to take faith-filled risk in praying these prayers. And so my question is, has a, have anybody here ever made an audacious ask to somebody? Like maybe not a prayer to God per se, but maybe like an audacious ask to somebody. Where you asked somebody that was something so audacious that, that they just looked at you shocked. You said yes, Sharon? Yeah. Don't be afraid to hear no. That was one thing we always said uh, at my last church we were at, like I was in charge of a lot of volunteers and I had to recruit a lot of volunteers. And so they always said, don't say somebody's no for them. And so when I think, hey, what about Sally? She'd be good in kidsmen. And I'd say, no, she's too busy. Well, you know what I've done? I've said her no for her. But maybe some of you guys have done audacious asks. Maybe you've asked a friend to help you start a business. Maybe you have asked just something so big. Maybe you've asked a girl out that was like way out of your league and she said yes, and you had the audacity to ask her. Austin's like, yeah, right here, I have. Just complimenting his wife. Um, but we've all made audacious asks. So I'll share with you guys one quick personal story of audacious asks about me. Um, so many of you guys know this. I used to be a plumber before I was a pastor. So when I graduated high school in 03, that's, I just aged myself, 2003, um, I used to be a plumber. So my family had a business, and I did, all I did from 2003 to 2007 was new homes because there's a big housing boom. So I did plumbing in new houses all the time, and that's just what I did. And that's where my family business did plumbing and heating in new houses. And I and when I was 21, I bought some property, and I wanted to try to build my own house. Now, my parents never built their own house. My granddad did, but I never saw it. But I had a couple friends that built their houses, and I was sure that I could do it, even though I was 21 and spent all my money on the land. All right? So I bought three acres in my hometown, and I wanted to build a house. So I made an audacious ask. And I asked my grandpa if I could borrow $120,000 to build my house because I didn't really have any credit or anything to get a loan from a bank. And Nicole and I were just engaged. So we were engaged. We didn't have any money. And so I asked my mom, I said, hey, would you think grandpa would loan me $120,000 to build a house? And she's like, I have no idea, but you have to ask him. I'm not going to do your dirty work. <laughs> That was kind of hitting, like, could you just ask him for me? She's like, no. So I went over to my grandma and grandpa's house. They were retired. 
And I think they were watching Oprah at the time, and I was just getting off of work, and I sat down, and they're like, hey, Jimmy, it's good to see you. Like, how are you doing? I'm like, good, good. And I said, hey, I have a question. Can I borrow some money to build a house? And my grandma was like, oh, and she just kind of walked out of the room. Like, she's like, I don't do business money conversations. She's like, I'll let you and grandpa talk about this. (laughs) So my grandpa's like, how much money do you think you need? And I was like, I think $120,000. And he's like, he's like, geez, he's like, do you know how to build a house? <laughs> I said, I think I know. I've been seeing it a lot. I've been working in new houses. And I've talked to Mark, and I know he just built a house, and he said I could do it for this price. And he's like, well, let me check. And he, so he, op- he went to, like, his office and grabbed a couple, like, checkbooks. And he's like, yeah, I think I could do that. <laughs> And again, I was 21 years old living at home with my mom at the time. And so he said, well, I'm going to charge you interest. I'm going to charge you 5% interest and for the length of the loan. And then when the house is built, you could go to the bank and get a mortgage and pay me back. You know, I, so I borrowed it for like eight months or nine months while I built the house, and I gave it back. So that's a story of my audacious ask. And here's a picture of the house that I built in case you think I'm lying. There's my first house. Um, Yeah, thank you. Uh, But Nicole and I were engaged while we built it, and so we started in October of 2006, and we got married in July of 2007. So, like, we waited to move in with each other, guys, in case y'all wondering anything weird. Um, Yeah, no, we did. Um, So we just built this, and then we got married in 07, and then we spent our first night together there, and then we ended up living there for two years, and then we sold it. And then then I bought a house during the housing crash, And then I bought more property, and I asked my grandpa a second time. This time he's like, how much do you need? And I said, (laughs) $200,000. And he's like, fine. He's like, here, just take it. And I paid him back. Uh, So he didn't give me the money, Bruce. Bruce looked at my sermon notes and thinks my grandpa just gave me the money. He didn't. He charged interest, but it was a very good loan. So that was my story of a big audacious ask, because I had no idea if he was going to say yes or not, (laughs) or if he was going to tell me, get mad that I asked. But he was cool with it, and he also made some money off of it. And so that was my personal story. But we're going to be starting this series, and we're going to be looking at about six or seven audacious prayers from the Bible. We'll see how many we get to. Um, And really, I'm going to be challenging you guys to ask God for some audacious things. So we just finished our, like, prayer series on the Lord's Prayer. And that is kind of like the everyday maintenance of prayer. Like your everyday walk with God. And how we should pray when we approach God. And it's just like everyday stuff, like worshiping God, thanking God, asking forgiveness of our sins, asking for our daily bread. And those good, like we need to have a good daily prayer time with God every day where we're walking with Jesus. But there are going to be times when you guys have to ask God for something crazy and audacious. And step out of your comfort zone and ask God for some life-changing prayers, some earth-shaking prayers. When you think of an audacious prayer, what do you think of? I think somebody earlier said boldness. Like something that would make you say, man, that guy just prayed for something audacious. What would you guys think of? Is it a long prayer? Is a long prayer audacious? I would say no. I would say it doesn't, long prayers aren't necessarily audacious. It could be. But the length of our prayers don't matter, as God said it. You know, as Jesus said in our series, like, you don't have to babble on. You could just get to the point, and I know what you mean. 
Is it a prayer that's so elegant or eloquent that we use big, fancy words and God is like so impressed by our big words and the guy sitting next to us are like, whoa, that was audacious because he used fancy words? I don't think so. The one thing we realize is Jesus, I think, and if I could use a strong word, Jesus hated when people used their prayers to show off for other people. He said, the Pharisees are out in the street corner praying like this so everybody could see him pray. He said, I want you to just go in the room by yourself and shut the door and pray. So I don't want you to use your prayers to show off. So what is an audacious prayer? Um, I have a quick, quick, exa- uh, quick definition. Is audacious prayer is a prayer that matches the size of your God. An audacious prayer is a prayer is a prayer is a prayer that matches audacious prayer is a prayer that matches the size of your God. Do your prayers match your God? Or do we purposely keep our prayers so answerable that anything or anybody could really just answer our prayers for us? Or are they God-sized big prayers that when they get answered you're saying God moved in my life. It really could only be God. Do your prayers match the size of your God? Sometimes I feel like we don't keep our we don't pray audacious prayers because we're afraid of disappointment. We are afraid that if I pray this prayer that's so audacious, I'm going to put myself out there and it's not going to happen and I'm going to look like a fool. Or I'm going to be like, be let down. I don't want to be, that's, you know, that's why people don't ask people for big things. So they don't want to be disappointed. They don't want to be let down. And I think sometimes, maybe in our lack of faith, we are afraid that we are going to get let down by God. So we just rather not ask him and face the disappointment. Anybody relate with me on that at all? Yeah. You feel like, ah, I don't want to be let down. You know, are our, 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 our prayers too answerable? Like, Lord, you know, I say this is okay to do. Like, it's okay to ask God to help you find your keys. But your blind next-door neighbor could probably help you find your keys, and they're probably in your hoodie pocket where they always are and the place that you never look. But it's okay to ask God for that. But that is uh, something that when you find it, it's good, but anybody can answer it. Not necessarily audacious, but good to do. The other one is, God, please bless this food to my body right before you're about to smash some Taco Bell. You know, right? God, please bless this food to my body. And many of us might not even know what blessing food to your body even means, that God will somehow bless that Taco Bell to your body. The other one is God be with Mike. Uh, I don't know if we know this as Christians, but God is always with Mike. It's kind of, he said he never leave him or forsake him. So God's always with Mike. Um, we don't have to pray that. The other one is God put a hedge of protection around Billy. When you pray, God, put a hedge of protection, what are you asking for? Like, what are you specifically asking for? And that's sometimes getting down to, like, I don't know. I just know my pastor always said pray a hedge of protection, and I just want that hedge around my kids. I want my hedge around me. I just want hedges around everybody. I just want to be hedged out for the next few weeks. But we don't really even know what we're praying half the time when we pray these things. So my question, again, is are your, are, not like every prayer is going to be audacious, but do you pray audacious prayers, and do your prayers match your God? God wants more for your prayer life. God wants more for each one of your prayer lives. Um, 
we talked about we have the maintenance prayers that are like every day of walking and loving Jesus. But are our prayers ever considered dangerous? Are our prayers ever intentional? In the, like, do we ever pray prayers that we pray and we say, and you tell your spouse, hey, I'm about to pray this prayer. This is what I'm about to pray. And you tell your spouse. And they're like, oh my gosh, are you really going to pray that right now? Are, are you really going to pray that? Dude, are you ready for that? Do we ever pray things like that? Do we ever have those conversations with our spouse like, hey, this is what I'm going to start praying for today. And our spouse is like, are you sure about that? Holy moly. That is crazy. Joel thought I was going to say a cuss word. I'm not going to cuss. I don't cuss. Um, but it's those prayers where we, where we say, like, hey, I'm going to start praying for this. And we're like, oh, watch out. If you're ready for that, you better watch out because God's going to do something big in your life. That's what I'm talking about when I, ta- I think of audacious prayers. So this week we're kind of just going to talk about the foundation of audacious prayers. But at the end of this message, before we worship at the end, I'm going to give you guys an audacious prayer for you to write down and to pray this week, okay? And so if you have a notebook, if you don't, there's some back there. But also in most of if you have an iPhone, there's a little notes app that you can write down prayers in. It's under notes. Um, I think all of you should have that in your phone. Um, so you, you could write this down too. But the first thing is we know about audacious prayers are audacious prayers are bold. Everybody say the word bold. bold. All right, just to make sure you guys are all with me, all right? They're bold. So we are told in Hebrews 4.16 to pray and approach the throne of God boldly. So it says this, so let us come, what? To the throne of our gracious God. There we'll receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So the Bible says to describe your prayer life is you need to approach the throne of God boldly. What does boldly mean? Like with courage? With faith? What else? Confidence? Assurance? Faith that he is going to answer us. And so he's saying, church, approach God's throne boldly. Not timidly, not like, I don't know if he's going to answer it. Because the Bible says the person who approaches God that way is double-minded and shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. He's saying he's wishy-washy, doesn't know, doesn't know. And so he's saying, approach boldly, like, no. And the other part is audacious audacious prayers require faith. Now, faith is one of those big words that I think we struggle with as a church because it's so hard to, like, wrap our mind around. And I'm going to share a story with you from the Bible about this as well. But first of all, like, what's a good definition of faith? The one we see from the, Bibles in the, from the Bible in Hebrews 11.1 1 is this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. That's the biblical definition of faith. And my question is, is do you have faith? Do you struggle with your faith? Do you feel like you're lacking or, or maybe you don't have much assurance or you don't have much convictions of what you do not see in the Lord and in his word? How is your faith? Is your, you know what we say, is your faith shaken? Do you have little faith? Because what does the Bible say we can move if we have the faith of a tiny little mustard seed? mountains. So it's like you don't need a lot of faith. 
You need a very little bit of faith, but the faith you have needs to be genuine. And if you have just a tiny bit of faith, it's that you can move mountains. It's very important. So I really can't add anything to that definition. Um, it, but other than it's just simply confidence of what is about to happen. That what you, you have confidence in what you're praying for is going to happen. Because our God is big, amen? Our God is strong. Our God heals. Our God is there. Our God wants what's best for us. Our God loves us. We all put our faith in things, right? We all put our faith in things. Like as a church, we need to constantly orient our faith on God. But we put our faith in things all the time. What do we put our faith in that isn't God? What? A chair, right? Like if you have a chair that's sitting there, I have faith that that chair is going to hold me and that all the legs are sturdy. Everybody has confidence in their car, right? That when you're going 80 miles an hour and you hit the brakes, that your brakes are going to work. You have faith in that, even though you don't know. Like, you just have faith in that, right? We put faith in drugs, right? Like, we have faith that if, this, if I take this, it's going to make me better, and I put our faith in that, and we hope it makes us better, and, you know, we put our trust in that because we, we take it. But, but we talk about faith with our God. One thing we hear sometimes is this, and you might hear it in the church, and if you say this, it's something that we need to work on, but it's like, Somebody's going through a trial in their life. Somebody's going through a struggle, whatever it is. And you talk to them and you ask to pray for them. And they say, you know what, I've tried to pray for this. Nothing's happened. I've tried to pray for this. Nothing's happened. What are they saying? I gave up. God, I brought this to God. Nothing happened. What's the point? I'm moving on to something else. I'm moving on to something else. And that's sort of like our faith is getting shaken. And maybe because God wants us to keep praying. Maybe God wants us to keep pursuing that. Maybe God said no. Maybe God said just wait a little bit longer. And we've just said, you know what? I brought this before God. It's done. So I'm going to share a quick faith story with you. And I want to be done at 1050 so the worship team can come up. But I'm going to share this quick story with you. Um, Matthew 17, verse 15 and 16 um, this is a longer to the story. You don't have to come up right now if you don't want to. You can come up for 10 minutes while I pray. Yeah, you're good. You don't have to jump. I don't want you to just be standing up here for like 10 more minutes. <laughs> but you're good, though. I'm glad you got I did say worship team come up. See, that's why I need Emily up here to like just kind of be my interpreter to the church. Yeah, do not. He didn't mean that. Um, okay, real quick. So this lady came to Jesus with her son who had a demon. Okay. And she said, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said, or a man, sorry. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. So we see this man bringing his son to Jesus to be healed. She said she tried the disciples, and the disciples couldn't heal him. It didn't, the disciples couldn't do it. And look at what Jesus' response is. And I'm not telling you what to think about this. I'm just saying, look at it in, in 17 through 19. Jesus said, you what? And perverse generation. It's like, whoa. Jesus seems like he was really mad. I don't know if he's saying this to the dad or the disciples. I think he's just talking to everybody. 
You unbelieving, lack of faith, and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. So Jesus is like lamenting, like, oh, your faith is just, you don't even believe. Like, you see me walk on water. You see me feed 5,000. You've seen the glory of God in me. And you, you don't have enough faith to cast out this demon. And so Jesus is like lamenting out loud to them. Um, so he said, bring the boy here to me. In verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. And the disciples asked, the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, they asked, Lord, why couldn't we drive the demon out? Like it seems like they had faith, right? Because they tried. They tried to cast the demon out, and they couldn't. And so they said, Lord, what's going on here? Why can't I cast the demon out? What's wrong with us? Like, what can we do? Um, they thought they could cast him out, and they failed. And so in verse 20, Jesus replied, he replied, because you have so little faith. The reason you couldn't do it because you have so little faith. And I'll explain that so little faith in a minute because there's actually a better translation than this translation, but this is one we commonly use. He said, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a what? Do you guys all know what a mustard seed is? Have you guys seen enough sermons in your lifetime to know it's like, it's like a grain of rice? It's like so tiny a mustard seed is. That's all you need. You don't need faith the size of a cantaloupe, just a mustard seed. Um, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Can I get an Amen. All right, good. The size of a mustard seed. And so Jesus says this, and this is what might be confusing if you're just reading the Bible for the first time ever. He's saying, you have so little faith. Like, your faith is like this. And then he says, but if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So he said they have little faith, but he says little faith is really all you need to move mountains. So, like, what, like what's, what's wrong with their faith? That's kind of what I was asking um, the word little faith here isn't the best translation because he just said small faith isn't an issue. Like if you have small faith, but it's pure and it's solely rested on God, you can move mountains. So there's a Greek word here that I probably will mess up. Apistia. I don't have it on there, but it's A-P-I-S-T-I-A. Apistia is used for little faith. But really it means unbelief in other translations. But the other thing it means is weakness of faith. Like, so the faith that you have is not strong in the Lord. It's really what's called poverty of faith, or the faith that you do have is poor, or it's just weak. Okay? Does that make sense? So what little faith you have is actually really weak. It's not solid faith. There's doubt. Like, somehow you have doubt, and you can't do it. And so does anybody here sitting here, like, struggling with this with me? And, like, they're like, man, maybe I have little faith. Maybe I have weak faith. And, and what's the answer? I'm praying in faith. But is what I'm praying for not being answered because I have weak faith? I don't struggle with that, right? Many of you struggle with that. And it, it's something that, it's a process in our Christian walk. Um, but there's a remedy. Like, there's an answer. So what do we do when we don't have faith? 
the first thing we could do, and this is really our first audacious prayer, is found in Luke 17, 5. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our what? They said, Lord, increase our faith. We're struggling. We have poor faith. And maybe you're sitting here being like, I don't even know if I have faith to ask for faith for the one who gives faith. And I'm kind of faithed out at this point, Jim. I don't know what to do or say. It's saying, Lord, increase our faith. The, the Bible says the Lord loves you. He cares about you. He gives liberally to his children. And you guys, if you proclaim Jesus are his children, he'll give it to you liberally. And so the first audacious prayer that I want you to pray this week is, Lord, increase my faith. And if you are here today and feel like my faith is the size of a, you know, a whole watermelon, I don't know if I need this, then your audacious prayer is, Lord, forgive me for my pride <laughs> and lack of humility. Um, the disciples who just witnessed Jesus walk on water, Jesus said, you don't guys have weak faith. And so what chance do we have? What chance do we have? And so we need to boldly approach the throne of God. Our first audacious prayer is saying, Lord, increase my what? Will you guys pray with that with me this week? Join me with that. Not to, that you pray for my weak faith. I'll pray for my own weak faith. You guys pray for your own faith and ask the Lord to increase my faith. And I believe that's a promise that we could claim from God. And he will build us up and just say, God, I just want my faith to be the size of a mustard seed, but I want that mustard seed to be pure faith and true without doubting, without like doubting who you are, God, in your goodness. And when you pray this audacious prayer, buckle up, because every week when we pray audacious prayers, every day, every time we do, God does things for us. That's why, don't you know what happens when you pray for patience? That's going to be an audacious prayer, one of these doggone weeks in a couple weeks. But what happens when you pray for patience? You're tested. God, not necessarily tested per se, but God puts you in situations where you have to wait. Like, I hate waiting. I want like McDonald's. Like, I want to put my order in right now, and I want to wait like a minute and a half, and it doesn't. I'm going to leave the drive through lane mad because the lady in front of me ordered a bunch. What happens when you ask God for courage? He puts you in situations that make you afraid. He puts you in situations that you would normally be fearful in. What happens when you ask God for wisdom? He gives you problems to solve. God will put you in situations, not to test you or tempt you, but he'll give you an opportunity to exercise these because when we are in situations that are hard, we either do one of two things. When you're afraid, guys, all of you are going to be afraid sometime in the next year, next month, next week, next day. When you guys are afraid, you're either going to do one of two things. You're going to run to the world or you're going to run to Jesus. And when you run to Jesus, that's when you start to build courage and draw your courage from him. And then you can feel like, Lord, I'm becoming courageous. And when you pray for faith, increase my faith, what is God going to do in your life? He's going to put you in situations. He, you're going to find yourself in situations where you have to trust Jesus. And, you, and your faith is going to be tested. With faith, you can move mountains. And with faith, um, 
we can move mountains. And I know that's not like a literal mountain will be moved. But it means that when a big problem comes in your life, with faith you can get through that. With faith you can move that. Whatever it is, in any audacious prayer that we pray from this week on out, we have to have faith the size of a mustard seed. Real faith. So join me this week in praying, Lord, increase my faith. Let me pray and the worship team will get set up up here. Lord, we thank you so much for this um, audacious prayer of, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, I admit, like a lot of my brothers and sisters here, this is a struggle. And I don't want us to doubt our faith and doubt, do we have faith, do we not, and struggle with that. Lord, but I pray that we put our trust in you above everything else. I pray that we put our confidence in you above all else. And Lord, in places where we doubt, I pray that you increase our faith. Lord, when the apostles asked you, increase our faith, Lord, we, we ask you the same thing. Lord, I pray that you increase my faith. Where I doubt, where I question, where I, I don't know, where I, I lack confidence in the goodness of you, I pray that you give me faith. And I pray for everybody here that they ask you audaciously and boldly, Lord, increase my faith. God, un- help me understand what faith even is so I could have just a mustard seed worth. Because we love you, Jesus. We know you're powerful. We know you're everywhere. We know that you're all-knowing. And God, we tap into that in faith. So we love you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Let us stand and worship the Lord.